0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Coffee with Scott Adams. It's the best thing that's ever happened to you. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have any technical difficulties this morning, but I believe we've conquered them all. Conquered them all. And if you'd like to take your experience and yours, I've got uh, the Twitter live stream behind me letting the people on Twitter live uh, watch it from my point of view so they're watching the screens the same as I am from the side. If you'd like your experience to go up to levels that have never been possible before, all you need is a cup of mug or a glass, a tank or chalice or stein, a canteen jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. Join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine. At the end of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go! Ah, Good stuff. All right. Shall we see what's in the news today? Yeah. Good stuff. All right, well, in the news today, let's see. There's a uh, new breakthrough in battery charging at the Pause Tech, wherever that is. Maybe it's in Korea, I'm not sure. But uh, this PhD candidate, Song Kyu Kong, has come up with a technology that will charge your electric car in six minutes. <laughs> Wouldn't that change just about everything? Imagine if you'd charge your electric car in six minutes. Uh, And apparently it can charge it to uh, one and a half times more than the theoretical limit. So it can charge it more than the theoretical limit of the battery itself. Will this ever turn into a practical technology? Well, I doubt it, (laughs) because nothing ever does. Uh, Or few things ever turn into practical technologies. But wouldn't that change everything? You know, once again, this is one of those, do you think they included this breakthrough when they did the climate models, you know, we got that hundred-year projection. Do you think they knew that we'd be charging an electric car in six minutes? Well, I don't know if we will, but I like to start with optimism. I like to start this show with whatever makes you feel good, even if it's not true. <laughs> but uh, you're wondering how they do it, and uh, I can explain it very easily. It's a it's pretty much a straightforward galvanic replacement drive process. I mean, if you didn't see that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, and it uh, looks like a—it's uh, it's Basically, it's just another method to synthesize manganese ferrites as anode material uh, because that's known for its superior lithium-ion storage capacity and ferromagnetic properties. And I know a lot of you already knew that, so this is review, but for the new people. All right. Here's something to wake up your mind in the morning. You already know that the past doesn't exist. I mean, it did exist, but it doesn't exist now. It's sort of imaginary. And we know that the future hasn't happened yet. So that's imaginary. But what about the present? Well, at least we have the present, right? we got your particles and you got your your quarks and your leptons and all that stuff that makes up our reality. Do you ever wonder what that stuff was made of? What are the building blocks of reality actually made of? Well, the scientists, many of them say strings, vibrating strings, which begs another question, doesn't it? What exactly is a string? And what is a string made of? Do you know what the official scientific answer is? for what the strings are made of that are vibrating that create all the matter in the universe from the smallest to the biggest. They're made of nothing. They're made of nothing. Not matter, not energy. Don't say energy, because I know you're going to say energy. No. Not matter, not energy, nothing. (laughs) Now, it seems more likely that it's made of something and they don't know what it is than nothing. But if ever there, you, you saw a better argument, apparently the Twitter thing moves every time I move with my microphone. I found the only way to fuck this up by putting it on a Lazy Susan. Let me fix this. Sorry, guys. I found the only way to actually make this not work, to put it on a Lazy Susan. Let's get rid of the Lazy Susan part. Give you a little stability. I know you deserve it. There we go. You stay right there. But anyway, as I was saying, the past doesn't exist, the future doesn't exist, and according to scientists, the present is created out of nothing. Now, if that doesn't tell you that we're a simulation, what's it going to (laughs) take? What would it take if we're made out of nothing and there's no past and no future? What else is it but zeros and ones? I'll just leave that there for you to think about. Now, let me ask a question to the people who saw me in the man cave last night. I had a theory about the Big Bang. Should I say it again today, if you were there last night? Or were you really high and it just sounded good last night? I Got some yeses? All right. I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to win a Nobel Prize in science right now by giving you my new theory of the Big Bang. Are you ready? Because you know there were some recent uh, studies, or recent discoveries, that there's a galaxy or two that don't make sense if the Big Bang was really the Big Bang. So how do you, how do you explain that everything came out of this singularity, the Big Bang, yet there's some galaxies that are in the wrong time? They just don't fit with the theory. Well, here's my man cave theory. And sometimes you have to spend a few hours in the man cave before any of this makes sense. You ready for this? Maybe it wasn't a case of everything being a singularity. Maybe there was a pinhole opening between dimensions, and all that happened is that all the matter in the other dimension went through the hole sprung out from the other side, and that became our universe. And maybe, after our universe reaches its, you know, uh, say, final form, and then starts shrinking back because gravity, then it might shrink and go right through another hole into another dimension. Maybe black holes are those pinpricks starting to form, and if one of them actually forms, the entire universe will be sucked through it into the next dimension, and we'll all be dead. But... It would be exciting to know that that's what's happening. So the only thing I'm going to add is if you want to explain why those weird galaxies are there that don't make sense with the Big Bang, maybe there was no bang at all. Maybe it was just stuff streaming through a hole, and there were a few dingleberries left, and the few dingleberries that came in, you know, sort of after or before, uh, just look like they are a different time because of the way they came through the hole. Nobel Prize? What do you think? Does anybody like the tiny pinprick from the other dimension idea? Well, apparently, you had to be in the man cave for that to make any sense. (laughs) It does explain the weird galaxies, though. It could be just the entire universe was sucked in from another dimension. Maybe. All right. um, Rasmussen did some polling about... uh, the Trump situation, the legal problems in Georgia. 56% of likely Georgia voters believe that it's likely that Trump is being unfairly prosecuted by Prosecutor Willis. Um, 56%. Now, is that because there are more Republicans in Georgia? Is it really just telling us that there are more Republicans? No? Because you would think that Uh, Trump would have won if there were more Republicans. Well, anyway, I don't know the answer to that question, but here's uh, what was more interesting. What percentage... Now, if you've never seen this, the viewers on uh, Twitter, um, you're going to see something amazing right now. I'm going to ask the people on Locals a question they couldn't possibly know the answer to, and watch how close they get. They won't be exact. They might be off by, like, three points. Probably you may be off by three points, but let's see let's see how close they get to this question. All right, uh, what do you think according to the Rasmussen poll? Um, what percentage of likely voters think that Trump's prosecution is very likely to be uh unf- to be? Uh, oh, how many say that an unfair prosecution is very unlikely? Well, not bad. Are you seeing this? They're all getting it right. (laughs) The smartest people. It's amazing. Yeah. It's about 28% um, say that an unfair prosecution of Trump is very unlikely. May may I do my most mocking impression of somebody with that opinion? Uh, What are the chances that there's something suspicious going on in politics? Something suspicious in politics? Well, let me take a sarcastic sip and tell you uh, it's very unlikely. (laughs) Come on. In politics. In Georgia. In Georgia, of all places. Uh, Very unlikely. Super, super unlikely. Uh, Yeah, very unlikely. I don't even know how you could even ask the question. so unlikely. All right, here's a clarification. Marjorie Taylor Greene. MTG, as I like to call her, a little spitball of, uh, of inexplicable sex appeal. <laughs> I've asked this question before, but for some reason she's she's uh, she's unusually sexy. I don't know what it is exactly. I mean, it's not just looks, but she has, she has a way about her. Now I I get that if your politics are different, you're seeing it completely differently. I get it. I mean, everybody has their own thing. But uh, when she talks about the, quote, national divorce, she clarifies that she's not talking about some kind of violence. She's not talking about a revolution. And not even talking about breaking up the country. But maybe just making sure that there's a place for Republicans to have a safe space. (laughs) It's basically safe spaces for Republicans. How many Republicans think you need a safe space? I do. I do i think that it's actually dangerous to live among Democrats because they've been they've been weaponized to the point where they're actually dangerous, yeah, you know what I say about Democrats? You should get the fuck away from them just get the fuck away from all Democrats. or all right, you can process that on your own all right uh, let's see what else is going on uh it uh, looks like Trump is definitely being framed in Fulton County. <laughs> uh, at least the preliminary evidence appears that he's just being framed. It looks really obvious. Uh, here's what the uh, prosecutor is accused of doing by the defense. Uh, one, I think it's a defense for maybe Sidney Powell or something. Uh, a little unclear on this. But apparently there's some uh, exculpatory document. Exculpatory Exculpatory. There are some documents that would show that things are not the way they're being charged. There are some documents that would show some innocence. And apparently, the uh, prosecution has been asked for said documents fairly specifically because there was some CNN reporting that such documents existed and it would change entirely the nature of the case. And uh, no response. No response. So, the defense can't get normal documents that you would normally request and normally get in a normal trial. They're just not giving them to them So I'm pretty sure that if that's if that's the case, if these documents exist and they didn't give them to them, then that's all you would need to know to know it's not you know a legitimate how the fuck did that just happen? Oh my God, all right. Apparently, apparently, this is never going to work. So I'm taking the I took the microphone off, so you're not going to be able to hear it as well. Every time I turn with the microphone on, the uh, the camera changes. So looking at the back of my chair. All right, I told you there'd be uh, technical problems today. I didn't think they'd be that bad. So anyway, it looks like uh, Trump's being framed. Um, this is amazing. And apparently these documents go directly to the RICO nature of the case. <laughs> so it would gut the RICO part that, would, that lo- makes it look like an organized thing. and They just don't give them the documents. Now, who knows if, if the claims of the defense are true? We wouldn't, we wouldn't just automatically assume the defense is telling the truth. But uh, it's something to watch. Well, Trump has reached, in at least one poll, 60% support in the GOP primary. As Byron York pointed out, it's really hard to understand how in a crowded primary, the, the most, I don't know, the most disgraced presidential candidate of all time, if you believe any of the narratives, could be at such a commanding lead. <laughs> I mean, just a ridiculous lead and going up and DeSantis continues to fall. And some people ask, well, what could possibly be behind this? (laughs) Revenge. Yeah, revenge. You know, I haven't wanted to say it out loud, but damn it, I want revenge. I mean, you know, uh, I've, I've had some pushback from the Democrats. You might you might have noticed. You may have noticed that they destroyed my entire career. Now, they would say I did it, but it should be noted that no Republicans canceled me. None. <laughs> it was just Democrats. Yeah. And <clears throat> I would say that the country, um, I would say that the Republicans feel literally threatened. I won't say afraid, I'll say threatened, because they are. Everything we've seen suggests that this speech that Biden's going to make in a few weeks, you know, Biden's going to talk about the big threat to the country. Do you have any fucking doubt what that big threat will be? It's going to be Republicans. Yeah, he's going to call them MAGA extremists and white supremacists, but he's just talking about white men, basically. Yeah, he's talking about Republicans. He's not even talking about white women, (laughs) because the white women are are on his side. He's basically just saying that white men are the biggest threat to the country. You know he's going to say that, right? He's not going to come out and say, well, he's going to say climate change, I suppose, but (laughs) but you know it's a political thing, so it's more about the white supremacists than the mega. Yeah, anybody who's doing that, I see as a potential Hitler-like person who's a physical threat to me. I believe that, I believe Biden is a physical security threat to me, personally, just as somebody who's not on his side. So am I going to vote to reduce my physical threat? Absolutely. Would I bother to vote if I thought I was just going to get the candidate of my choice? Well, probably, but not for sure. Right. If I had something else to do, and I thought I knew which way the election was going to go anyway, I'd be like, "Well, I'm busy that day, so I mean, I'll let other people vote." But if you tell me that I'm physically threatened, which I am, and that I have a risk of jail, which I think I do, just by being politically active, it has nothing to do with any actual crimes. Um, yes. Not only am I going to vote, but I'm going to make really fucking sure that you do. Uh, let, let, me, let me say what's different this year. You know, not all Republicans are, let's say, motivated, right? They're not all watching the news every day like some of us. But those who are watching the news every day, here's the thing that I don't think anybody's picking up in any kind of poll. You're not going to let your, your neighbor not vote, if, the, if there's a Republican you know that you even have a whiff that they might not make it on election day, you're going to be pushing them pretty hard because it's your physical security at risk. You're actually in danger. Now, I didn't create this as Biden did by labeling you know, a huge portion of the country white supremacists, and I'm sure I'm thrown in that category. So I'm fighting for my actual security and life and that of my neighbors. So this isn't some normal election. This is self-defense. It's literally self-defense. So if you think you're voting like in some normal election, nothing like that's happening. This is literally voting for your life because there's something evil at a level I've never seen before. Now, of course, this is how Biden got elected because they made Trump seem so dangerous That you had to vote to save your life. And Democrats showed up to save their lives. Do you think Democrats are going to think that voting for Biden will save their lives? Not a chance. Everybody can see that he's degraded at this point, and that voting for Biden gives you more chance of a nuclear war with Russia, and who knows what else? Who knows? Uh, But it's it's a super dangerous situation. We know that the border would stay open and millions of people will stream over that we don't know. We know that. There's no doubt about that. That's not something you have to wonder. If Biden's president, will there be continued open borders? Obviously. Obviously, yes. There's no question about that. So remember I told you the most predictive factor is fear. Fear is the persuasion that beats all persuasion. Because until you get rid of your fear, you're not going to work on any other problem. You know, you got to run for your life first. Save yourself, and then maybe you can worry about other stuff. But we don't normally have an election where the, the voters actually think they're in danger. But the Democrats convinced, you know, some, some portion of the country that, that Trump was that danger. Now, one of the things that's happened, one of my better predictions... Was that the longer Trump is out of office, the uh, the more popular he would become? Because the longer he's gone, the hyperbole about him starts to wear off, and then you're just left with what actually happened, and then you can compare it to what actually happened with Biden, and then you've got something more objective. And I don't have we ever seen the situation where two ex-presidents, or two presidents, ran against each other? Is this, uh, or did that happen And I'm not a, some historian needs to tell me. <clears throat> Have we ever had two sitting presidents run against each other? Somebody says yes. Uh, Grover, Cleveland, Coolidge. All right, so as it happened recently, All right, but whether it's happened before or not, it hasn't happened recently, and it's a unique situation because this is the one situation where you don't have to wonder what they'll do. You know, does anybody wonder what Trump will do? I heard some people early on say, well, Trump is not, you know, explaining his policies, but does he need to? (laughs) What is it that you don't know about Trump? Can you think of any topic you don't already know his opinion? What, did it change over the summer or something? I don't think so. And Biden' the same thing. does anybody think Biden's going to you know close up the border if he gets reelected? No, nobody thinks that. So you have two knowns we've never had two knowns running against each other, and part of the known is that Republicans are literally being targeted and hunted and jailed and you can see it so anybody who has any let's say uh compatibility with or uh, any feeling for the, the jailed January Sixers is going to be voting for freedom and life. And the other side might be voting for, I don't know, policies or something. You know all that uh, scary stuff they worried about Trump? They tried to pack that all into January 6, so it would have a little container to keep because you notice that 100% of the other things you worried about Trump about didn't happen. Did you notice that? that everything that the left was worried about Trump didn't happen. The only thing they had, well, abortion was the Supreme Court, so I I guess that's true. Um, But what they have now, given that abortion's already kind of settled in a sense, all they have now is January 6th. And I don't think it would be that hard to convince people that the January 6ers were overcharged and that it was not a real, you know, insurrection. That would be the easiest case to make. (laughs) By the way, I would love to see Trump mocking the insurrection, like we do. I wonder why he doesn't do that. Uh, I would love to see Trump in a debate say, I'd like you to tell the audience, uh, just if you could, connect the dots. How did you imagine that people wandering around in a building was going to conquer a superpower? And then they say, but, 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 you know, the electors, the fake electors. And then you say, we, we always have political disputes, and then they go to the Supreme Court. What would make you think that it wouldn't be the same this time? What was it that you saw that wouldn't make the Supreme Court work like it always works? Can you explain to the country why you thought that the country was at risk when we were trying to make sure that the result was delayed, of course, so that it could be perfected, so that we could make sure it was right. So could you explain to the audience these things, please? And just let them talk. You don't don't even have to make a point. You could say, just explain how how you think that worked, uh, how you conquered the country by wandering around without weapons in a building. And then tell us how the Supreme Court was going to, what, take a vacation? Was the Supreme Court going to take a pass? You would just put in some electors alternate electors. By the way, they weren't fake electors, they were alternates. They were, they were just placeholders in case they needed them. And I think Trump could explain that away so easily. It's weird that he hasn't done it yet, but he could. All right, um, the latest is that uh, even CNN just absolutely wrecked Biden. So they had their fact-checker, who normally has been, um, it seems to us, Subjectively speaking, it seems to us that uh, the fact checkers were going easy on Biden, you know, giving him a few little, well, that's a story he tells, you know, kind of thing, but not really hitting him hard on the fact checking. But they went at him pretty hard yesterday and just listed all the weird stories he's told that are clearly untrue. Effectively making a case for dementia, I think, more than lying. I think they were making a dementia case without saying the word. So if the, if the left is turning on him, uh, I'll, I'll again tell you my hypothesis. I do believe that the long summer vacations were intended in part to tell Biden he's not running or to talk him out of running. Obviously, it didn't work. I think Biden decided he's going to run no matter what anybody hinted or suggested or pressured him to do. I just think he can't lose to Trump. He just like he's it's just too late. He can't make that kind of decision. So that would mean that the the next choice is for the DNC to kind of push him out, you know, by essentially letting the scandal play out instead of protecting him. So it looks like maybe that's happening. So here's what Vivek tweeted about that, about the CNN rucking um, Biden on his stories and his lying. Uh, So Vivek says the deep state will devour its own and then they'll trot out uh, Michelle or Gavin or whoever their new puppet du jour happens to be. (laughs) Mark my words, if the administrative state succeeds in bringing down Trump, they will then go after Biden because his puppet masters will no longer have a use for him, which is interesting, and they can use it to justify what they did to Trump. Trump. Good point. If they go hard on Biden, it can justify what they do to Trump. If they're done with Biden, and Biden is now disposable, they can use him as a disposable now. They can dispose him and try to dispose Trump, you know, with the same argument. It's like, hey, we treat everybody the same. If there's if there's a crime, we go after everybody. So equal, equal. That's a good argument. Uh, and if Vivek says it's no accident. Uh, that you see the Hunter indictment come right, this is Hunter's gun indictment, uh, come right as uh, Biden's own popularity among Democrats starts to dip. It's all one big optical illusion. (laughs) Yeah, do you think it's a coincidence that Hunter uh, finally, after years, with no new information, no new information, but finally now uh, he's charged with some crimes. Now, We'll talk about Hunter separately. Let me finish this point. Um, the left, the Democrats, they do have a nuclear last resort to get rid of Biden. And I don't mean, I don't mean that uh, kinetically. They have, they have a way to get him rid of him with one sentence. So here's how anybody on the left who is in the news business, you know, a notable person, any notable pundit, and any notable fact-checker, every one of them would have the power to take Biden completely out of the race with one sentence. Do you know what the sentence is? Now, it won't work on the right. Nobody on the right could say it. it. wouldn't make any difference. But if somebody notable on the left speaks this one sentence, it's the end of Biden. Here's the sentence. Biden got elected by promoting the fine people hoax. Now, you see that they've, they've, uh, CNN has now seeded the field with stories about, um, about Biden being a liar. Now, the context is he tells wild stories of his past that don't check out. But that's kind of lying, right? So now that they've, they've uh, sort of seeded the public with the idea, oh, oh, well, it's weird, because his main thrust in running was that, unlike Trump, he tells the truth. Huh. So what if, what if Biden is not a truth teller? Is there anything we have to worry about? And then they drop the fine people hoax on you and say, actually, it was just a selective edit. He never said Nazis were fine people. It would take one Democrat, one sentence, you know, on a national platform, one sentence... And there's no way to survive it, because you couldn't ignore it. The Democrats would not be able to ignore a prominent you know, news or fact checker saying, yeah, it's actually made up. The primary thing that Biden ran on was made up, and he knew it. Of course he knew it. I, everybody, in the, everybody at a certain level knows it. It's just the, the voters who don't always know it. Yes, and, and also to admit that the, you know, the other hoaxes exist. All right. I mean just think about that. Every Democrat has the ability to take Biden out clearly. Every prominent Democrat. Every one of them. One sentence. All right. So Hunter got indicted on these gun charges. I guess there are three charges. Let's see. What are they? He lied on his form by saying he wasn't an addict. He allegedly um, used a gun, or at least held it in his hand or something, while he was addicted, or while he was using, allegedly. And then the third thing is that the gun was disposed, possibly by his girlfriend, uh, near a school. So all felonies. So I I laid a little NPC trap. Uh, I'm going to lay it on... We'll see how many NPCs there are on YouTube. We'll do a little test here. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment. So I don't want Hunter going to jail on a a paperwork, kind of a paperwork charge. Just wait. Watch. Just watch. I don't know if you can still hear me on Twitter, but but just watch this. Looking for the NPCs? Come on. Come on, NPCs. You know what you want to say. You know you want to say it. Come on, say it. No, thank you. No one is above the law. No, you were joking because you knew what I was looking for. Yeah, so I said that, and a whole bunch of people wanted to point out, Scott, the law applies to everybody. Oh, really? The law applies to everyone. Thank you for adding that. Is there anything else you'd like to add to my complete ignorance? Yes, these are felonies, Scott. These are felonies, not just paperwork. Oh, good to know. I thought he was actually being charged with paperwork. I thought that paperwork was an actual legal term, paperwork. So when I said he was charged with a paperwork crime, who knew? I actually thought paperwork was a crime. So thank you for NPCs for filling me in. And how about uh, everybody should be treated the same? under the law, and point out that other people have been charged with similar crimes. Because that's something I would never have known. (laughs) I would never have known that other people are charged with crimes that are on the books. I would have thought it was just Hunter. That's what I would have thought. So thank you, NPCs, for clearing it up that it's not about paperwork. Thank you. Thank you. Like too many restrictions. Does anybody think that a Hunter is dangerous with a gun? I don't like feel like he was, or at least no more dangerous than the average person. And the average person has the right to have a gun. I think this whole uh, were you high when you held the gun, or were you technically addicted, or did you think you were recovering at the time that you applied for it? I feel like that's that's slicing it too finely. I think he either had a right to have a gun because he's a U.S. citizen and an adult, or he didn't. And that finding any little bullshit reason to take somebody's gun away is not a precedent that I want to see established. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, but other people have been convicted of these same things. But do you think the other people were literally no danger? I mean, what is it about Hunter that makes you think he's going to use the gun to go shoot somebody? <laughs> but but if, somebody, if somebody lied to get a gun who had a, you know, a violent criminal record, well, yeah, yeah, maybe that's a good situation where you'd give them the full weight of the law. But if you have something that's clearly a victimless offense and, this, and nobody says there's a victim, uh, I'm just not comfortable taking away his Second Amendment rights. To me, it looks political. It looks political. You know, maybe as a distraction. Who knows? But uh, I'm going to give uh, Hunter the benefit of a doubt. He was innocent until proven guilty. And I'm not sure this law was intended to grab people like him. I think the law was intended for a, a different class of dangerous people you know people who had some you know actual track record of robbing and hurting people for example all right so because uh hunters in trouble uh, all the uh what about it, what about people who want to talk about Jared Kushner and so today my feed was full of people who were saying the following super stupid stuff so if you want to know which democrats are the most stupid look for the ones who say that Ivanka got 41 trademarks in China. Do you know how hard it is to get a trademark in China? You fill out a form, and then you apply. And then if nobody had trademark, in other words, if there's nobody in China called Ivanka's, you know, whatever her company name is, then you get it, and you pay a small fee because that's the process. I have trademarks in China. Do you, do you think they were doing me a favor? No, I just filled out some forms. <laughs> or my lawyer did, and I signed it. I signed some forms. That's it. So no, there's not, no great value in Ivanka getting trademarks in China. It's the most routine business in the entire world. Then they say that uh, Jared got, here's how they say it, received $2 billion from the people behind 9-11, the Saudis. He received two billion. Do you think that's misleading? <laughs> yeah. So the Saudis, who it turns out the you know the crown prince is literally friends with Jared, probably because of the uh, Abraham Accords, and they must have spent some time talking about that. But they're literally friends, right? So the multi, you know the gazillionaire crown prince of Saudi Arabia. One of the problems you have when you have that much money is you don't have enough places to invest it. It's hard to find good investments for enormous amounts of money. So if you find any anything that just sort of looks promising, it's probably going to get a bunch of your money because you just don't have that many ways to use it in a safe way. So given that Jared now had connections all over the Middle East, and I think his fund is mostly for big projects that would be in that region, can somebody do a fact check on me? The fund is for that part of the world, right? He's not using the money for any kind of investment wherever. I need a fact check on that because I'm not sure. So if you're the head of Saudi Arabia and you could put $2 billion into a fund, and by the way, $2 billion not that much for Saudi Arabia, but if you put $2 billion into a fund that was going to develop your local you know, area, and you knew that Jared knew all the important people there who would want to develop things, and you knew he had credibility and he could operate at that level with the big money stuff, wouldn't you give him $2 billion? I would. Like, if you put me in that position, I'd be like, can you please take my $2 billion and invest it for me, and then we both make money? It seems like the most slam-dunk, obvious thing you would ever do with $2 billion if you had extra money. So... There's no comparison between a legal, completely transparent, and logical—this is important—it's a logical investment. In other words, if you were in their place, you'd do it too, because it actually makes complete sense. So don't compare that to any illegal, secret, you know, shell company moving money around Hunter Biden crime family situation. There's no comparison. One is legal and public and meant to be public and makes sense. The, the Bidens were selling apparently nothing of value, according to them, nothing of value, getting millions of dollars and putting it through shell companies and you know spreading it around so nobody could tell what was going on and you know, we had to go find out what was going on. There, there's no comparison between those two things. But having said that, do you feel uncomfortable that a prominent American with connections to Trump is uh, doing a big deal with uh, the head of the Saudi government. Does that make you uncomfortable? A little bit. If you're, if you're a little bit uncomfortable about that, I think that's the right reaction. And that's what transparency is for. The transparency is because we're all a little bit uncomfortable with that, or should be. If you're not, you should be. That is is by its nature something you should keep an eye on. doesn't mean there's anything crooked going on. It's just by its nature, this is exactly the sort of thing you want to keep one eye on. Eh, I better watch that. But the way the world works, one of the best ways that you forge lasting ties between countries is big investments. Big investments are one of the best ways to keep... Two countries from attacking each other later, because you have too much in common. So I don't mind that the U.S. or prominent U.S. people have uh, big money connections to allies, and I would say they're an ally. Now, as to the 9/11 uh, hijackers and their alleged connection to senior Saudi people, probably true, but I can't imagine I can't imagine that the Saudis are more organized than any other government. You know, every government has people on both sides of everything. So it doesn't mean that the crown prince was part of that. It doesn't mean that Saudi had an official policy. But there may, in fact, been, you know, important people in the government who backed it. That's entirely possible. <laughs> I'm just looking at the comments. They're a little bit insane. I think people started drinking early. All right. Um, So what do you think Biden is going to announce? I guess in a couple of weeks, he's going to do this speech where he says what the biggest problems in the country are. And don't you feel he's just going to say Republicans? I mean, I said this before, but don't you think there's no chance it's going to be something like climate change, right? If he were going to do a big speech on climate change, he would say, I've got a big speech on climate change. If he's going to say, I'm I'm going to give a big speech on the biggest risk to the country, and I'm not going to tell you what it is until you get there, it's got to be the ultra-megas, don't you think? Yeah. I think it's that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is what I have in my prepared topics. Is there anything I missed? I'm going to take my friends here on Twitter who probably all went away because you're saying to yourself, Scott, we can't hear you because after the sound went bad, everything went to hell. Let's see if I can set you up somewhere where you can see me. Let's try that. Why does that not work? God damn it. Have you noticed there, there's one problem with interfaces in general, that if you if you pick up the item, your finger is going to be on an important button. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> that wherever your your finger touches on any kind of electronic object is the wrong place. It's like right on the on off button or the or the end of the stream button or something like that. Yeah. So thanks for hanging in with me. Twitter people, uh, Vivek and TikTok. Does everybody know uh, Pearl Davis and Pearly things? Have you have you seen her stream? All right, so she has this hilarious uh, niche. She she tweeted at me today. She wants to collaborate on something, so I told her to DM me. But uh, she's hilarious. I've been following her for a while, and what she does is just so. So diabolically uh, subversive, <laughs> or something—I don't know what it is. I just love the fact that she's a troublemaker. So she, she's made T-shirts that says w- uh, "Women shouldn't vote," <laughs> and she's got this whole, she's got this whole argument uh, that the women are ruining everything. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to say that I uh, I agree with it because it's. Yeah, it's sort of, uh, let's say, packaged with some hyperbole. But but what makes it interesting is there's enough meat there, like she has enough of an argument that it draws you in, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then she makes her argument, and you go, well, that's not too far from what I might agree to. So I, I, I'm pretty sure women should vote, but it's just hilarious that she's making the case. Um all right, what else is going on here? 21 billion more to Ukraine? Why do they nickel and dime us to death on that. Yeah. The women have been weaponized, you say? I, I saw a, uh, a poll about how uh, Trump's support has changed in Biden's by demographic group. And it showed Trump picking up uh, women, white women, and basically picking up everything. It showed that Trump was uh, gaining ground on every demographic. Oh, the Ukrainian counteroffensive? Well, the Ukrainian counteroffensive is either described as completely failed and stalled, or they're probing for weaknesses, It's one of those two things. It sure looks a lot more like a failure. Um, A fake tweet? Nobody would believe it. They would just debunk it pretty quickly. Um, Yeah, Ukraine might have been equipment we wanted to get rid of, or at least the uh, military-industrial complex Wanted America to empty its old equipment storerooms so that we, we had to buy new equipment. You know, here, here's one of the problems I have analyzing America's warlike status. Uh, on one hand, it seems incredibly clear that America is way too warlike and has been for a long time. Would you all agree with that? Meaning that we're too quick to go to war, and that there might be other options. And that, you know, we like overthrowing countries and, you know, uh, imposing our will on them, etc. However, and literally millions of people who wouldn't have died, died. So that's all true. And I don't want to minimize any of that. However, if you're going to look at the entire situation, what is the benefit from having the most practiced military... With the freshest equipment, because we got rid of the old stuff, we fired all our old bullets, the most experience, most practice, all our weapons have been tried in the field, and we got all new ones to replace them. And we've established ourselves as willing to fight over anything. (laughs) It doesn't take much. You know, if you'd like us to come in and destroy your entire country, we do have a history of doing that. So just push us a little further and goodbye country. Because we're crazy. Don't you think that helps us in a way that's hard to quantify? Do you think that the fact that the U.S. is just crazy for war, I hate to say it, but we are crazy for war, makes our, our nemesis think twice about everything? Do you think that we're safer because we're irrationally warlike all the time? Now I get that the price of being us is literally killing millions of innocent people in other countries. All bad. But also a major world war even worse. Even worse. So how do you how do you compare the, you know, the number of millions of people that we've, you know, killed, injured or ruined their lives, millions by making decisions, military decisions that were probably unnecessary or just wrong-headed. Millions of people we've killed. But have we saved even more? Because it makes us such a, a crazy-ass uh, country that I think other people say, don't, you know, don't mess with them. You know, we don't want to push it too far. These guys are crazy. Do you think? Do you think there's anything to that? So I honestly can't tell if I'm safer or less safe because the US is so so militarily minded i don't think you can compare because in order to know if it's if we've done the right thing or not you'd have to know what people would have done otherwise which is unknowable and you have to know what they will do in the future which is unknowable i don't know so It's hard for me to have a full-throated condemnation of anything we do militarily because I just don't know if we're getting some benefits that are hard to quantify that are enormous, like preventing a World War III. Now, Ukraine and Russia, it seems to me that the only reason that the Russians are not treating this like World War III is that they're afraid of us. What else would it be? (laughs) They've got to be afraid of our military capability. And not only that we have it, but that we'll use it, we'll use it even when you think we shouldn't. Yeah. Now Putin's doing a similar thing by attacking his neighbors a few times. He's making it clear that he's the badass that if you don't give him what he wants, he will send his military and conquer your country. So, so he's got that going on too. So I think when the two of those powers who have to look like the, the worst badass in the neighborhood end up in the same neighborhood, uh, that's where the trouble is. I'll tell you what I would do if I were leader of the free world or any other world. I would see if I could get the other big powers to agree to the following. Um, You can have this stuff and we'll have this stuff. You can have this influence, we'll have this influence. And just see if you can lock it in. And just say, look, I can guarantee that your, your countries will be super successful in the future. The only thing we can do wrong, the big countries, let, let's say you take you know, the top 20 countries, the G20. The biggest thing that could go wrong in any of those countries is to start a war. So you just make a deal, look, we will never fight each other, because that's always a mistake. But the only thing you ever fight about is territory. Is that true? Is it true that the only thing that in in the modern era, all war is about territory or control of territory? Now, we allegedly tried to kill some terrorists in other people's territory, but ultimately it's because we needed to control the territory so there wouldn't be any terrorists there. So if you just said, if you said to China, for example, uh, Taiwan is your business after this date, well, just set a date and just say, look, we're going to protect Taiwan for 20 years, whatever the number is. For the next 20 years, just be cool. We need the microchips. After 20 years, we'll tell you right now, you need to work it out on your own, because we're not going to defend an island off your border. That's just not going to happen. Because there's nothing in it for us. So Taiwan needs to figure out their shit. They need to figure out their shit. They need to... Figure out how to make peace with their big neighbor, because you know history is clearly working against them. <laughs> it's going to be hard to hard to not be part of China in the long run. So they should immediately set some kind of a deal where they have you know maximum autonomy, but there's some kind of or maybe it's just on paper they're the same. I mean Taiwan might take a deal that if you know the U.S. military stuff pulled back, so that China, that Taiwan itself wasn't any kind of military threat. Uh, they might make a deal that they could have permanent, some kind of control, uh, but on paper it would be one country. Something like that. Now, of course, nobody would trust them because it would be like Hong Kong and they'd just try to take it over later. But uh, all, all the paths are bad. All the paths are bad. Yeah, in the long run, Taiwan doesn't have a chance at least in terms of remaining independent. But you could argue that in the long run, everything changes all the time. America won't last forever, I don't think. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I've got for now. Uh, I see Megyn Kelly's name all over the place on the comments. What are you asking me about Megyn Kelly? Uh, Or her interview with Trump? Did that make any news? I don't think he made any news, right? I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it. I just saw a clip. Um, We both need a haircut. Yeah. Bank analogy was good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, if you haven't seen my interview on trigonometry, that's available now. Um, I'm seeing in the comments a lot of people really liked it. Um, I think you'd be surprised. It's, it's, more, um, it's more intellectually interesting than you would expect. They do a good job. Uh, and uh, I also... I'm going to talk to Megan Kelly and Russell Brand. I just have to get everything... Squared away, uh, so I'll be talking to Michael Malice. So here's what I, I've got coming up. Just a few of them. This this is not complete, but uh, yeah, Megan Kelly, Russell Brand, Michael Malice, coming up. I don't have dates for those. And the Lotus Eaters, yes. And the British podcasters, the Lotus Eaters. Um, also scheduling uh, Mike Mandel. So <laughs> that, that could turn out to be the best, the best of them all. So if you don't know who Mike Mandel is, he's a hypnotist who sells um, these little cards, a card deck. Each deck has a, like a hypnotic suggestion on it uh, for that you could use for to be more effective. And I love I the deck. It was kind of a cool product. And I love having interviews with people who are trained hypnotists. So who knows where that's going to go, but that'll be fun. I'll let, I'll let you know when these are happening. I'll tweet them out. All right. Oh, you're taking a course with him. <laughs> uh, I've yeah I've been on Jack Posobiec's um, show. Basobic, I always pronounce his name incorrectly. Uh, haven't talked to Lex. All right. And all right, that's what I got going for now. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say later to uh, YouTube. thanks for joining. Bye for now.